Hello, and welcome to the Outtakes podcast, where we connect with other photographers to get the scoop on what drives their practice, learn how they found their way in a highly competitive industry, and hear personal stories from the field. My name is Joe Kalesha, and I'm very excited about our guest today. We have Kelly No, the founder of Chromatome Studios, which is a Chicago-based creative content agency specializing in photo and video production with a strong focus in commercial work. Kelly is a super talented photographer and videographer with years of experience in the industry known for her dedication to perfectionism and creativity. I've personally worked with her and can attest to her infectious personality and immense talent. And outside of content creation, Kelly has a love for fashion, design, music, her adorable Shiba Inu and Hound Dog. And um, those pets can be seen a lot in their featured content on social media. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us in today to chat. Yeah. Hey, wow. What an intro. I'm so honored. <laughs> so you're um, chatting with us. I can see some uh, colored Lots of colored backdrops in the background, oh, yeah. so I'm guessing you might be in a studio space of some kind in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm actually in like a live workspace. So I live here and I work here as well. It's like essentially one giant room, um, and then so basically it's our studio is like in the living room area against the wall, and then our bedroom is like just on the other side. <laughs> okay, I got you. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to jump right in and just, um, ask some questions about your style, because that's, I think the first thing that people are going to notice when they visit the Chromatome Studios website. Um, you have a very distinct style. It's extremely poppy and, you know, monochromatic. It's super colorful and super playful. And I'm just curious how you developed that particular style of photography and videography. Yeah. So I think for me, for my style, I still feel like I'm figuring it out. I just love like so many different styles, but I think my personal style that I always like come back to is like playing with colors and playing with composition. I think those are the things that I always do most when I'm like composing a shot or like, oh, something's interesting. I wanna take a photo of something and it's like, because it's colorful or because I love the composition. When it comes to client work, it kind of depends on what they need. So I'm always like very flexible with my style, but I always lean towards like colorful, good composition and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was kind of curious about that because I know it's kind of difficult as a creator who also needs to, you know, attract a wide variety of clients, right? To have kind of a dialed in sing singular style. Have you ever had an experience where a client kind of brought a project to you and you kind of had to find ways to dial back some of that intense poppy color just because it wasn't in line with maybe the client's vision or their brand yeah definitely so sometimes people will think they want like a super colorful fun bold video um one thing that we did once was we did exactly what they asked which was make a super fun colorful video and then they turned around and were like actually i think that might be too much for us and they went with like someone else who had more of like a straightforward clean corporate style and like, I could have done that too, but they asked for the colorful thing. So we just went full colorful, you know? So sometimes people like think they want something, but it's not what they want. Um, but yeah, I feel like something that is really special about Chromatone Studios is that we do so many types of shoots. Cause I think a lot of like production companies will focus on like, oh, here's like just commercial. They do like mostly commercial or they do like mostly product or something. So I think the thing that makes us stand out for our style is that we can take any project and do it in like a style that works 
for the company and for us. Yeah, definitely. And it's pretty obvious from your website because you have it, you know, broken down so well into different, you know, categories to to kind of really help, I think, clients understand what are your offerings and what you're capable of, you know, offering them. Yeah. And then the website that you have made is... I know it's very dialed in as far as like the brand identity goes. So I'm kind of curious where the concept for that came from and like even Chromatome Studios where, because before Chromatome Studios, I know you were just Kelly doing, you know, (laughs) photo and video. So I'm curious what like that transition was like and how you came up with Chromatome as a concept and a bigger business model. I did have like just kellyngo.com as like what I was working as. But I feel like that kind of put me in a box to where it's like, oh, you're kind of just a freelancer. And I wanted to do more than just like bring my camera to a shoot, you know. So I wanted to make a company where people would look at it and think like, oh, hey, like they could take on like creative direction and do more than just bring a camera. And like that's all they do. So, um, yeah, I just was like, okay, let's think of a name for a business and decided on chromatone because I like the two words together because I feel like it kind of embodies like colorful like chroma is like multiple colors and tone is kind of just like how the colors look and all of that and also it like also relates to audio so it kind of just worked out so yeah I just kind of made up a word (laughs) (laughs) I mean but it works though that's the thing it's like you see your website you see the name and it all kind of clicks at least for me as kind of a viewer you know coming into it So as a freelancer, can you tell us a little bit what a day in the life of Chromatone Studios is? Because, you know, your office now I know is also your home space. So there's definitely some boundaries that you have to probably learn to to draw in like a work-home life balance, I'm I'm guessing. I would say there's no two days that have been similar at all. Even if it's like I'm sitting at a computer, it's not even the same like day at the computer. So I would say there's like maybe three types of days. There's like shoot days, there's computer days, and then there's like errand days. And so a shoot day would just be where we're showing up, we're loading up our gear, we're getting to the shoot, making sure everything and everyone's where they need to be. If we have like talent or anything, um, making sure all the props are ready to go. If it's a product shoot or just like mentally bracing myself to be in a room of like, hundreds of people if it's like an event shoot so yeah shoot days are always fun they're definitely my most favorite because it's when you actually get to show up and all the work is like paying off and then there's like computer days which are of course you know like boring days where you just email meetings edit making mood boards sending invoices meetings (laughs) more meetings just right yeah (laughs) just that kind of day the occasional Um, podcast recording (laughs) yeah (laughs) And then um, there are errand days, which is also kind of fun. This is where we kind of do like prop sourcing. We thrift a lot of our props for like product shoots and stuff like that. So those are really fun for me because I get to go like shopping. <laughs> yes. And that brings me to another. Well, I have, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, I want to go back to the thrift stores because I know that's a huge part of your um of your social media but I'm curious as like a freelancer when you have these days kind of let's say like lulls in your schedule how do you find ways to kind of keep structure in your day because I know me personally I have a difficult time with sort of the marketing side of things the things that people don't think about as a part of your job yeah I'm curious what you do to 
incorporate that into your work? So when we don't have like much client stuff or pre or post production to work on, we have an actual ongoing list of stuff that we need to like do that's been on the back burner. Things like posting on social media, updating our website with photos or getting better at like color grading, learning what this thing does on our gimbal. There's like infinite list of stuff that we still feel like we need to learn and do in order to like grow and get better. So there's always a back burner of like, okay, if we have no work for some reason, this is what we're going to (laughs) do. No, that's super smart um, list making and then also adding education as part of that. There's so much you can learn these days, even on just YouTube, that I feel like you can dive into that in a full day and Mm -hmm. and grow that way too as a creative. Yeah, exactly. We've even incorporated like, oh, like we don't have anything and we don't really feel like sitting at the computer all day because maybe we did this all week. Let's go outside and just shoot something for fun and just see like what we can do. Like we'll just bring the drone outside and see what like can happen with it or just take a camera and just like take a stroll stuff like that where it feels more fun and that kind of links me back to what I got really excited about when you mentioned the thrift stores because (laughs) if anyone checks you out on social media which I think I recently followed you on TikTok as a a new TikToker over here. I'm not very (laughs) comfortable in that space yet, but you seem super comfortable and your videos are awesome. And it looks like you're just kind of churning out a bunch of content. And I was wondering like what your relationship is with social media. Do you find it as like a, an enjoyable way to connect with, you know, clients and your audience, or is it kind of just a necessary evil that, you know, part of the the drag of marketing your business and yourself. <laughs> yeah, so um, right now for me, it's just for fun. On my personal Instagram and TikTok especially, it's more for fun. But before, that's how I used to get like all of my jobs back in like high school and college was through like Instagram marketing. But now that I have like in a very official website and stuff where I'm like, please look at my website. Don't look at the Instagram. Now I'm trying to like stray people away from looking at that and like, going on the website where they can view things and like the actual quality that it is. Yeah, I think it's a way to like get back into making content for fun just because I don't get to do much of that anymore. I think all of the work that I do is for clients. And so taking this space back for myself has been really fun. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. But, you know, even though you say you do it for yourself, I've gone through your TikTok and I feel like there's a lot there that clients could connect with or just other photographers because I know I saw a video where you're you know showing a day in the life of kind of the perks that you get along with your job (laughs) whether that is like free food because you're doing a food shoot that day or I think I saw that you went on a cruise and kind of all the all that BTS though I think is like really interesting and really exciting for people to see and that's I think the space that I'm most excited about in in social media sort of the behind the scenes and kind of more of the unfiltered unfiltered look Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I've been trying to post more of lately but it's so hard like I'm just like okay I gotta make real content and then I gotta like go and film what I'm actually doing now like it's so much but I love doing it every now and then when I have like the off time or when I have a fun like thing that I'm doing for work I have a few more in the works that I think would be really fun to post but Oh, it's just I'm so excited. Much. <laughs> I'm excited to see that. I'm can't, is there a preview that we can maybe have? <laughs> it's just lots of food. <laughs> lots of food. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the thrifting that I kept on wanting to come back to, it's like you always show these, you know, cool windows into shopping and things like that, but they're always very colorful too. So I really do feel like it ties your entire brand and brand identity together. So as a client, I'm going to feel excited to work with you because I kind of know exactly 
exactly what you're about and it looks like a lot of fun that you're gonna have a good time with you on 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 your photo shoots or video video shoots yeah I think that's something that I've been really working hard to establish is like a brand identity so people know exactly what they're getting into I think that's really paid off because a lot of our clients now they look at our website and they're like wow you guys are like super fun we want to be more on the fun side rather than just corporate and they know exactly what they're getting into because of all of the work that we have. And then also we make a lot of mood boards for for clients. So that helps a lot as well. <laughs> okay, that's interesting to know. So that's kind of a big part of how you prepare for a shoot is, is making mood boards. Yeah, so that's something that we've done recently or we've incorporated recently in the last few years because a lot of people when they ask for for one thing, they have a completely different vision than what you interpret. So a mood board really helps to like bridge that like gap in the creative process where it's like, here's this, what do you like about it? Like it could be a picture of like anything and then you take away completely different things like the shadow, the composition, uh, the lighting, anything. Like it's just so much easier to be like, here's exactly what I like about this photo and then do that with every single photo and then just have it be like, way clear on what the vision is definitely yeah and I mean if you're not familiar with speaking to photography and videography I'm sure that's it's kind of I just had a parallel to this recently because I went to the hairdresser and I didn't know how to explain (laughs) what I wanted because I don't know the terminology and she's like well yeah that's why we use pictures exactly (laughs) because you don't know and I do and a photo is going to help me make that connect to make sure that we're aligned on the same page oh yeah I learned that the hard way too with the haircuts and you're oh, just, no. and oh, then no. they're just like is this okay and you're just like uh-huh I mean like what are they gonna do put it back on your hair like it's just it's just gone just silently sitting there yeah did you um did you ever watch Fleabag by any chance no okay there was like a there's a funny scene in Fleabag where they're complaining about the haircut that they got or something and they run back to the hairdresser and he shows them a picture and it was like exactly the photo that they showed it but she got a ridiculous haircut and I don't know um anyway just just brought me back to that scene it's very very real scene (laughs) (laughs) um so you were previously based in Austin which is where you know we kind of met and knew each other from um and I'm curious to know about you know what what kind of inspired the move to Chicago and what, what it was like having to move a business as well and get new clients and things like that yeah so Um, So me and David, my partner, we both have lived in Texas for essentially our whole lives. And so we were like, okay, since we're starting like a business together, why don't we go ahead and take the move and move to a bigger city before we get too established in Austin? So it was only like after maybe a year that we decided to move to Chicago. And I feel like there's so many career opportunities here. There's like a lot of businesses, a lot of established businesses and just like so many more people, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's yeah. still like the same price as Austin in some ways. It's definitely not like New York or L.A., but it's still a giant city. So we really like it here. And um, as far as moving, that was really difficult because we already had most of our gear we and, and two dogs <laughs> and all of our stuff. We sold a lot of our furniture, but had to keep the gear. So we, essentially what we did was just pile everything into a U-Haul and then like drove the whole way to Chicago with our two dogs. It was insane. (laughs) So what's the best thing about living in Chicago so far? 
uh, either just for work or for fun. I really like it all. I really like the lake. I think it still blows my mind that it's a lake and it's not salty. It's like a big ocean, but it's not salty. Yeah. And there's, there's dog parks everywhere. I love it. <laughs> but I think the best part so far is just like getting to live in this live workspace. I don't think there's any kind of space like this in Austin that I knew about at least. And it's like pretty affordable. So I'm really happy to live where I am right now. That's super cool. I was I was really curious what you did for studio because given the type of work that you do, I assume that you either rented a studio just for individual shoots or had a separate space, but I had no idea that it was a combined sort of yeah. thing, which is really unique and really cool. Yeah, we just moved here last year. Before this, we had actually our whole entire everything now that you see here was in a much smaller apartment and also four stories up. So every time we would do a shoot, we would carry like multiple C stands, multiple lights, cameras, lenses, everything down four stories. And that was like that was like an hour long process in itself, especially in the cold when it's like slippery and icy. Oh it was absolutely absurd. So I'm really happy to live on the first floor now. That's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. With the move to Chicago, have you noticed anything in the kind of clients that you've been getting? Is there anything kind of different than maybe Austin or are you seeing like kind of a trend as far as what you're getting booked for more in Chicago? It might be a combination of like now that I'm more established and I have better portfolio to show potential clients that I'm getting better, bigger budget clients that seem to know more of what they want rather than, hey, can you just make something? I don't really know what. Um, And I have a budget of like $500 rather than someone here who has like a whole budget stocked up for like a big project and they have like exact creative direction they want and just like a plan and just, yeah. (laughs) So for you, it's preferable when the client, I mean, obviously bigger budget is always better in lots of ways, but you prefer when the client kind of comes with a very solidified creative vision versus somebody where they're like, oh, I don't know. Can you kind of tell me what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, I think it's better for them to have like at least an idea of the direction that they want to go and also definitely an idea of the deliverables. A lot of the clients I used to work with, they had no idea like how many photos they wanted, how many hours we needed to be there, any of that. And they also had no idea if they wanted like a totally clean shoot or like a moodier shoot. So it was completely like up to us, which I love the creative direction, but I also need some sort of something from you to know that I'm doing what you want. So I think now that uh, clients have more of that, it's a lot easier to take that and then run with it and like expand it into something more fleshed out, more visual and just kind of more along the lines of what they want with my style as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Was there any particular like favorite project or assignment that you've had since you've moved or maybe Mm. just in general at all? There's been a lot that I really liked. One of our favorite shoots that we've done was the Nutrimay oh, shoot for with GoDaddy. Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Those photos and that video is just beautiful. Like you did, yeah. you really did such an incredible job on that. And the clients were yeah. so happy um, for, yeah, those listening who don't know, Kelly did a kind of bigger photo video shoot for GoDaddy for a website client and captured drone footage and stills and some other video of this um, father-son run company that uh, makes orange corn, I believe. 
um, a specific type of more nutritious corn. So we had Kelly and David drive out to the the countryside and (laughs) run around in a cornfield for a day. It was so much fun. (laughs) I've never been in a cornfield before. So the opportunity arrived, I was like, let's go. Let's shoot everything. We had our drone out. We had all of our cameras, all of our lenses. We had a whole field day. It was it was so Yeah, much literally fun. field day. <laughs> chickens, all, all of it. Con- yes. Country day. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we were literally just like rounding up chickens, trying to get them to like behave for the shoot. It was absurd. Yeah, that's the behind the scenes <laughs> that people don't know. It's like, oh, this lovely shot of you like delicately feeding food to chickens but actually there's like chaos in the background yeah there's like a goat like yelling at me in the back (laughs) i did not know that there was a goat involved but that (laughs) and then um on top of GoDaddy, i know you've done work for like crate and barrel too which is very impressive it's a huge client yeah that was a crazy one i actually have no idea how they found me i have a suspicion though it was like Back when we were panic applying for quote unquote real jobs, I saw that they needed like a uh, stylist or something. So I applied with just like our website. I was just like half applying to like gigs to see if I could like get any responses. Sure. Just, you know, when you're kind of like giving up on being self-employed and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the panic can, so, yeah. the panic goes in waves, I'm sure. It's like either feast or yeah. famine with that stuff sometimes. Exactly. So I get it. <laughs> Yeah, so I was I was doing that and I applied to one of their jobs and I didn't really hear anything back. And then out of nowhere, I got a direct email saying like, hey, they need a video like director and team. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, let's do it. So that was absolutely absurd. I think that's how they found me. I'm not sure how else they would have found me, but it was pretty crazy. And it was definitely like a huge learning experience for us. We worked with so many influencers and so many other people on the set like there was they had their own like art director they had food stylists makeup artists uh there were so many people on set and it was it was nerve-wracking because usually we just do work like ourselves so it's just me and David and then the client and now there's like 10 other people in the room so many other opinions and it was really nerve-wracking there's just so many opinions yeah like so many little like nitpicky things that we have to do. And it's, I'm just like over here shooting and sweating. I'm on like the counter, <laughs> getting like the overhead, like sweat stripping into the food. <laughs> yeah, you know, that that sounds tough, but it does sound like um, it was at least a good, I mean, good. I saw the videos and they're wonderful. Um, yeah. And then, but also on top of that, I'm sure you, did you have any learning experiences or any big takeaways kind of from that shoot? Maybe like things that you would do differently or not differently next time or just be more vocal about next time around? Yeah, so I think um, one of the biggest things that all of us, uh, both Crate and Barrel and Chromatone learned, like the very first shoot we had was with like a really huge food influencer and we didn't have a food stylist. And so it was kind of just so chaotic because like neither of us had done like such a large scale shoot with like a totally different like crew for like the talent. And so it was just it was just a big mess. <laughs> like. I don't even know how to explain it, but I would say that having enough crew is super essential. Even now, I think I'm learning that because a lot of our shoots were just like, oh, we don't need like an extra hand. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, someone needs to be like counting this thing or like organizing this thing while we do this other thing. It's just like so many hands on deck that could be useful, but we don't think about it until 
we're there on set. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very, very good point. Um, there's so many little things, especially when it, it's a, when it's a bigger film production or photo shoot. There's so many little things that need to be done, and it's very easy to say, "Oh, I'll, I'll just do this. I'll just do this this one little thing myself. It's not, you know, gonna." be a big deal but when it comes down to it you already have such a defined role and response and huge res- debatably the biggest responsibility you know on, yeah. on set that it it's really important I think to make those delineations ahead of time and know okay we need we need extra you know production assistance on hand or whatever else that might be mm-hmm. yeah and then I think the other thing that we learned about um just on working on Crate Crate and Barrel stuff is just like the chronological order of cooking does not matter <laughs> when you can edit. So that was really interesting to see. So like, for example, the food stylist would just have like this thing ready to go and we pretend that it was cooked just now. And like that was a new concept to me because I was just like, wow, I've never had like a food stylist be able to just whip up a pie and then we don't have to wait three hours like that is so nice (laughs) okay so I see so all like the finished dishes were pretty much like ready to go styled and then the things that you were filming were the actions of the cooking but it didn't really matter what the final result was am I getting that right yeah yeah basically it was really interesting because like like we've done food shoots ourselves where we have to like cook a whole meal plate it everything just to show off like a a special like knife or something and so it was really ha- cool having a food stylist be able to do all of that for us. We also learned a bunch of like food styling tips as well. One of my favorites that I use now is um, if you have like a beer and you need it to like fizz up, you can just put some salt in it and it'll start to like have that foam on top. Oh, that's great. So I use that a lot now when I do like restaurant shoots and stuff like that. That's it's super fun. See, that's great too. And then probably the restaurant is like also super impressed too. Like, oh, wow, I had no idea. And like yeah. you have this inside knowledge that makes you <laughs> – it kind of like reaffirms your value because like, oh, yeah, we ha- mm-hmm. we hired the right person. They know what they're, they <laughs> yeah. know what they're doing. They know the salt trick. <laughs> <laughs> they bought the salt trick down that's it you're credible yeah you got it down <laughs> yeah we learned a lot of like cooking stuff on there so it's super fun I love just having different clients because we learn so much from each one of our clients like the food the what else did we do we did some like 3d printing event recently and that was really interesting to like learn the ins and out of 3D printing and sorting and just all kinds of random stuff. (laughs) So um, apart from you and David, do you work with, so you don't frequently work with outside crew? Mm -mm. Usually the most we'll do is like hire like talent and actors. Um, But as we're looking into expanding and doing like bigger productions, we are thinking of having some sort of form where a lot of freelancers could apply to work with us. Because I think that would be really helpful and just take a lot of stress off our plate. That's a great idea. And a good little plug if anyone listening is in (laughs) Chicago and wants to work with two incredible creatives. (laughs) Keep an eye out for that form. We need help. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if it was evident to listeners, but Kelly's business partner in Chromatome Studios, David, is also her life partner. And they live together and share a studio space, um, which is awesome but also super rare so I'm curious how you you know keep boundaries in for work and life balance you know because I could see you maybe being like okay tonight is fun date night whatever we're going to relax unwind but work just kind of keeps sifting into the conversation because you're always you know around each other 
Yeah, I would say it's definitely like a unique experience. It's there's always a learning curve. Um, one that I think you'll always be on if you like work with your partner, because just businesses and relationships are so like intertwined, you know. But I, I would say overall, it's been incredible. One thing that we that we always joke about is like how ridiculous that our our life is because the funniest memory we have is actually working on one of the GoDaddy Studios videos. We had procrastinated like all week and we were just like, oh no, the deadline is here. Uh, <laughs> we're both kind of bad at like time management. <laughs> so we ended up shooting some shots of us just like throwing confetti around at midnight on like a Tuesday or something. <laughs> we're just like so stressed out. We're just throwing confetti. We're like, that doesn't look right. Like more confetti on the side, on that side, whatever. And it's just like, how are we mad? We're throwing around confetti. It's like midnight. Like what is happening? Yes. <laughs> I think it's just like a, a unique experience because you couldn't like call up your coworker and be like, hey, can you, can I throw some confetti around in your house? Like it's midnight. Like I need to do the shoot. Do you um, often find like the value of having a second person to bounce problems and ideas off of? Yeah, for sure. I think that we definitely have our own unique strengths. Um, something that David's really good at is coming up with like the logistics of stuff. Because a lot of times I'll plan like the creative side and it's just like this very big idea. And then David kind of reads it. He's like, well, how's that going to work out? And I'm like, ah, oh, man, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I got to tone it down a little bit. So I think that he's more like logical i'm sometimes logical but more definitely big picture kind of person and so it it definitely balances out a lot and also something that really helps is i'm always on my phone checking email so we'll be like having a date night or something and i'm just like david we got an inquiry let's think about it let's like reply let's set up a meeting whatever he's just like can we do that later right (laughs) like like, "Ah." i get it it's hard it's hard even as like um (laughs) you know, somebody who doesn't, is not in a business with their, you know, romantic partner, I think setting up boundaries for yourself too. And as a freelancer too, right? It's got to be really difficult. Work kind of doesn't really stop. So you have to find ways to give yourself time, like go on vacation, for instance. Like I know you recently Mm -hmm. went to, um, to Vietnam. Is that right? Yeah. So we, our new thing now, since we've moved to Chicago is there's no work in the winter. So we're like, okay, Let's go on vacation. That's travel time. <laughs> yeah. So we went to Vietnam because uh, my boyfriend's never been there. And I really wanted to go back ever since I went there for the first time. So we went from like north to south Vietnam. And it was so, so beautiful. I learned some more Vietnamese, which was really fun. Wow. And we have so much like photo and video to go through. I haven't even looked at it yet because I've been so overwhelmed with like other stuff. But there's so many memorable times in Vietnam. Like... We went on a eight-hour motorbike tour in like the torrential in the torrential rain. It was literally like pouring rain, and we had like full-body like rain suits. Oh my on. gosh! <laughs> yeah, Were you able was... to film any of that, or was it too? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would occasionally like bring out my phone just to like get it, but it was completely like I've never seen so much rain in my life. Wow. We filmed a lot of like other different stuff, like um, the floating markets. Um, we went on a cruise and filmed some of that. We have some really cool like drone footage of 
the cruise, which actually led us to that cruise job that I was talking about earlier. No way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so you also brought a drone on your vacation, which might be a first. I don't know if I've ever heard <laughs> of anyone doing that, but... <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so beautiful there. How can you not? No, I, it's something I never really thought about, but yeah, yeah it makes total drones, sense. drones these days are so small. <laughs> I um I felt like I was there with you just because I you know saw all of the, the videos that you were posting on I forget if it was Instagram or TikTok, but oh right, but it was great. Yeah, to get that little window, you know. Did you ever feel? Yeah. Did you feel like um pressured by any means to like? <laughs> I guess my question is sometimes on vacation, it's hard to be like, I got to put the camera down and like just relax, which is the whole, or have a good mm-hmm. time, which is just the point of, you know, being yeah. here. But maybe for you, that is part of the exciting, you know, yeah, excitement for of sure. travel. I, yeah, it's definitely hard to find a balance between like, okay, I want to be in the moment versus I want to capture the moment. So what I kind of ended up doing was I posted like the first like five days and then after that I just <laughs> just stopped <laughs> I was like okay I'm, I'm, I'm done yeah I'm, I'm good do this anymore <laughs> that's what I do a lot I'm like I get really into it and then I'm like eh, no more social media <laughs> yeah take a break uh were there any other like what was the most memorable part of Vietnam um hmm. I would say there's a small town in like south Vietnam called Kanto. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. A lot of people told me it's Kanta and there's also Kanto. I think North and South dialects are completely different. So it depends who you ask. Um, but it's like very small and it's basically in the Mekong Delta. So you can go and do a homestay at this guy's house and he takes you on a private tour through like the floating markets. And then he also like picks fresh mangoes for you. And then you go to the market and like, get all the food that you want to eat for breakfast and dinner and then he makes it for you and then you meet all these other people from around the world we tried um rat meat oh how was it <laughs> it wasn't bad it was very small amount <laughs> but he was like these rats here they're the healthiest ones ever they run around in the fields and so i was like well when else am i gonna eat a rat that's as healthy as this <laughs> Probably never. (laughs) You found the healthiest one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm just going to do it. What's your ideal way to travel? Are you kind of like, I got to have my itinerary morning to night laid out ahead of time, like hyper organized? Or do you kind of like to let things unfold sometimes? Yeah, I would say the same mindset that I have as as working where I kind of (laughs) hyper organized a lot of it. But then when it comes to the actual day, I feel like I have so much of that in the in like my brain. I'm like, okay, I think I'm planned enough. Let's just like kind of wing it. So there's like bullet points. I take like the bullet points of what I organize and then I just kind of plan my days around that. So for example, we had like, we're going from North Vietnam to South Vietnam. We had specific like, we're staying here and then we're traveling here and we're taking this tour to get to this spot, blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Like all of that was super planned out. But then uh, as far as like the food, none of that was planned out. We kind of just, we just winged it. What was the best thing you ate? <laughs> um. Oh man. I think the best thing that we ate was probably some random like uh, bun cha off of some street vendor. <laughs> it's all so good. Did you document all the food too? Because I feel like that's... Oh no! I didn't. Oh, you just eat it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if that was part of the massive amounts of uh, photo and video (laughs) footage that you haven't looked at yet. It's probably I probably documented it on my phone. (laughs) 
there's so much everywhere one of my favorite things um traveling is i like to get i think it's just an excuse to eat ice cream but i like to get um an ice cream like ice cream cone from every different place i visit just because there's always so many like i don't know regional differences with ice cream and i just love it but it's just something fun i like to do Oh, that's so fun. Have you had, like, ice cream in Japan yet? No, I have not. What is that like? Okay, you have to add that to your list. They have, like, unpasteurized ice cream. It's actually – I actually met someone literally last week, and we had this very unique experience of talking about the airport unpasteurized ice cream in Japan. Really? Because (laughs) we both had actually gone to Vietnam, like, in the winter. Because she also does, like, freelance work. So she had, like, the same idea to just go to Southeast Asia. Um, and so, yeah, we had layovers in Japan. And, like, I remember very specific- specifically wanting to eat, like, ice cream before I left. And I saw that they had, like, these giant swirly cones and it was, like, unpasteurized. So it was the best ice cream I ever had. And I didn't know who else to talk to about it. And then <laughs> she randomly brought it up and I was like, no way. Like, that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, you need to try it. It's delicious. Okay, adding it to the... <laughs> I the- don't know what unpasteurized ice cream means, but it's good. And I didn't get sick, so... <laughs> okay, that's all That's all I need to hear. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anywhere else on your travel kind of bucket list or anywhere you're planning to go anytime soon? Yeah, I would love to just keep going to various like countries in Southeast Asia. I want to go to Thailand for sure. Um honestly everywhere (laughs) there's so many places i want to go um but this summer we're actually going to portugal for david's sister's wedding so that'll be super fun oh how nice i've never been there yeah Yeah. me me either lisbon lisbon yeah i heard it's gorgeous so that'll be fun and i think we're just gonna also bring our drone and (laughs) camera and just see what happens (laughs) are you you're not photographing the wedding are you (laughs) no i think that was that was too much for us yeah i know it's prob- <laughs> and she wouldn't ask us well that's to do that anyway. that's nice i know that there's probably you do a little bit of wedding photography as well right yeah a little bit yeah do you ever have friends and family coming to you and being like can you can you just low-key shoot this like not really yeah. shoot, but just like a little bit you know <laughs> i've actually never been to a wedding that i haven't shot really so oh my even, gosh i haven't None of my friends have gotten married. It's so disappointing. <laughs> Someone, come on. <laughs> it would be so much fun to go to a wedding and, like, see what it's like to have, like, a wedding photographer there. Actually, we photographed a wedding together back in Austin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. I second shot. Yeah, That was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, that was way back when. I kind of totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you shoot weddings often? You know, I've taken a little bit of a step back from it. Um, it's not necessarily – that. They take a lot of um, mental capa- – like my mental capacity um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's fair if I overdo it to the people booking because, cause, you know, it's it's very important photography for them. So I think that like right. I've had to draw some boundaries and kind of only take a couple of jobs a year um, with weddings because they just take a lot of – yeah my physical and emotional capacity like mm-hmm. man I'm feeling the like effects of uh of photographing yeah. for the last decade like I have like um tendonitis in my wrist from holding you know the camera so long and my right. knees and you know so it's like yeah the physicalities of the job are right. catching up to my 31 year old body <laughs> yeah it's so stressful you're you're there all day and it's just like 
so much interacting, so much socialization. Yes, it's, yes, exactly. There's so you, you, there's so much emotion that you have to like exude as a person, but also like a lot of the photography is so technical. I don't think people realize like there's a lot of motion. Mm-hmm. There's so and so many different lighting scenarios. So it really does take yeah. somebody experienced in all those different areas. So like on top of being super personable, you have to just like be on it all day long too, making mm-hmm. sure that you're not. And it's like it's the it'd be the worst kind of photos to accidentally lose (laughs) or I don't know I've had some definitely had some you know corrupt file nightmares and things like that so (laughs) yeah so what we've done recently is we've been trying to get into like wedding videography just because for the video you kind of just follow like the lead photographer around and shoot what they're (laughs) shooting so inside we found like a little loophole yeah because it's like for us the socialization is like the hardest part just because we're just so like not always very social you know like having to match up people with their like families for the photos and like gathering the family members that is just so stressful oh my gosh that is a whole other thing (laughs) you have to like kind of be a big like like an annoying bot like bossy yeah i'm trying to get at you have to be kind of mean because nobody (laughs) wants to listen to you they're a million people everywhere wanting all they want to do is you know get to the dance floor in the bar (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're over here yelling being like can you please just (laughs) can you please bring your like aunt here i don't know what she even looks like exactly exactly and she's already like a mile down at the reception (laughs) so good yeah good times (laughs) you're just like standing there like awkwardly like "Hmm," waiting for everyone to get here (laughs) but you know at the end of the day weddings are like probably the reason you're keeping them on your radar is that they're they're the client that keeps on giving like they're always going to be people who need (laughs) wedding videography and photography so I know a lot of people who maybe they don't want to be full-time wedding photographers or videographers but it's a great addition to have in your toolkit and the fact that you and David have added it to your you know services I think is really beneficial that you have that yeah for sure we we basically take on all kinds of shoots I think I was joking with David like our general rule of thumb is like do we take on a shoot so our general rule of thumb for like taking on a shoot is if it's exciting to us because a lot of times like if it's not exciting we're not going to do like our very best work and then that like isn't fair to them or like fair to potential other clients that we're now overworking ourselves and burning ourselves out and we're not going to put our 100% into like all of the other projects that we have as well um so yeah that's our general rule of thumb but as you all know if if it's enough money you could get excited a little bit about the job <laughs> yeah the ultimate motivator so, you're like i don't really care yeah <laughs> it's like I'm but with enough money i will do very good yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah and then so yeah we take on like jobs that sound exciting or they pay well and then we try to avoid any jobs where like the client obviously like doesn't respect you like a lot of times people will be like i have like no money but I want all of this and I also don't care to like um negotiate or anything like this is all I have I don't care about how long it takes you to do anything and you can just kind of tell when like a client doesn't respect you so um we try to avoid taking those on but we have had to do that sometimes when like things are slow or something so we always have to kind of be careful and not do too much of those and hopefully doing a lot of those well or not doing a lot of those will help better our mental health for like other projects and other stuff yeah yeah. absolutely that's another great point that we didn't even talk about like the mental health of 
a, not only a creative, but a creative freelancer. And, um, that's super important and being able to take care of yourself in that way and, you know, take care of your headspace is super important and it's going to be crucial to making good work for, you know, the clients that you do care about. So, cause there can be shoots that are taxing on your mental health and, um, you know, cause all different degrees of anxiety and things like that, which I definitely have <laughs> a handful <Yeah. laughs> of stories that I'm not going to share today, but, um, I have a lot of those. <laughs> A lot of melt, a lot of meltdowns behind the, oh my gosh, <laughs> behind the camera. <laughs> I think one of the worst shoots that that uh, we've done recently is we had to shoot uh, like a, how would you say, like a bar, but more of a dive bar. So I I like to go to dive bars, but I don't think I'll ever shoot one again. <laughs> Because there was just very drunk people being like, get that camera out of my face. <laughs> so it was uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible. I was like, okay, this is where I draw the line. Like, I don't want to be anywhere that someone doesn't want me there. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is not pleasant. I don't have that particular experience, but I know that sometimes, you know, at a wedding when people are heavily drinking, there definitely is a oh, point yeah. of just like, I'm over this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, what's inspiring these days? Is there anything you're really excited about? We have a lot of like big projects coming up, which is really exciting to me because we usually do like a lot of like smaller, like one day shoots where we don't do as much like creative direction. We do have like a lot of like creative direction in our product shoots and stuff, but I would say this is the first time where we get to do like completely collaborate with a, a client on like how their script is going to sound and how the entire tone of the video will be. So we've got a few of those kinds of shoots coming up and I'm super excited because there's just like a, a big budget so we can have a lot of like set styling, props and have like more people come to help. And I think that'll be a really fun challenge that I'm excited to take on just because I think that we're almost reaching our limit of like how much work we can take on and still make enough money. Because I think we have definitely burned ourselves out. Like we work so much and I think that taking on bigger shoots will help alleviate that where it's more like we can divide that work up into like smaller, you know, areas. Totally, totally. It's so cool to see um, you getting kind of bigger clients and, you know, it's inspiring, I think, for me and for other people too because, you know, you started off maybe as just an individual, you know, creator and now you've grown it into this kind of bigger production company so it's just really cool um to kind of wrap things up are there any words of advice you have for other creatives other freelancers maybe looking to expand their their business or the type of work that they're doing i would say just like make a lot of content and just shoot everything that you can i think that just like how I formed this business was just creating as much as I can, taking on like any jobs that I could, even if they paid little and just kind of framing it like, OK, this is going to be good for my portfolio. Because um, like, as you know, I don't really have a certain style I do. I do like everything. So I say yes to like every <laughs> job. And <laughs> it, I think essentially it helped to be like what we are today because we have so many different types of work and we just say yes to basically everything. And so I, I know a lot of people will be like, raise your rates or whatever. But I think that sometimes that could be like damaging because like maybe you're not ready to raise your rates. Because I, when I first started 
me and David first started, we were like, okay, we're going to raise our rates. And then I feel like we just like lost all of our clientele. Oh, <laughs> and really? We didn't have any. Yeah, we didn't have any more jobs. So we're like, okay, we're lowering it back down. <laughs> yeah, gotta find. So it balance. really depends. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's super solid advice. Being open to not one type of photography and um, and adapt and learn because as we know, photo is never going to stay the same. Yeah, I would say even like a year ago, we had a completely different workflow because everything now from like how we take on clients to how we schedule meetings with them or even how we keep track of shoots and any of that like it's completely been different since we started because now we have like Calendly so we schedule meetings that way and just like various ways of keeping track of our clients and shoots and stuff we use Notion just to be like everything is right here our clients are listed right here here's like what kind of stuff they need here's like their budget here is where the payment's at um all of that stuff so it's all like we just have like many new systems now and i think that just like adapting to all of that is pretty nice and helps keep everything organized okay and then where can anyone who's listening find you on on the internet or on social media to check out some of those great videos we were mentioning my website is chromatonestudios.com. Um, same for the Instagram for the business. And then I am on Instagram as at Kelly Chromatic. Okay. So give yeah. Kelly and Chromatome a follow. If you're listening, you will not regret it. Um, thank you so much, Kelly, for chatting. It was super fun to catch up. And I'm very excited to see what new work you guys are going to put out. Awesome. Thank you so much.